The Source of Truth is an audio recording of Pastor Ronnie Love sharing Christian encouragement and biblical truth. We hope this podcast can help make your path a bit brighter today. Psalms 119.105 says, Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. Genesis chapter 45 this morning, as we continue in our look at living the dream and we look at the aspect of the day that Joseph reveals himself to his brothers. This is not the first time that his brothers had been in his presence, but obviously he probably looked more Egyptian than he did Hebrew at this point in his position. He was speaking the Egyptian tongue. He was not speaking in the Hebrew tongue. And so, and he, in this 20 plus years later, and may I take a gander and a guess and say that 20 years of hard labor and slavery and prison probably made him look different. And so now he's standing in front of them and he has kind of been going back and forth. We say we really can't figure out all the reasons why Joseph put his brothers through all of it. We wonder maybe he was testing his brothers to see if their heart had changed. Is Benjamin alive? I want to see Benjamin. Is, Joseph, is my father alive? And that's kind of what we're looking at. So we, we get to the end of all of what he's doing and he finally just can't handle it anymore. As, as we just, you know, we read the end of chapter 44, Judah's begging for the life of his brother and begging for the whole scenario and, and Joseph just can't handle it anymore. And we see that beginning of verse, uh, chapter 45, verse 1. It says, And Joseph could not refrain himself before all them that stood by him. And he cried, Cause every man to go out from me. And there stood no man with him, while Joseph made himself known unto his brethren. And he wept aloud, and the Egyptians in the house of Pharaoh heard him. Now that must have been intriguing. The aloud he wept, and even people uh, around Pharaoh's house and all of them recognized. They recognized the voice. And verse 3, and, and Joseph said unto his brethren, I am Joseph. Does my father yet live? And his brethren could not answer him, for they were troubled at his presence. And so, uh, can you imagine all of this time? They think, he honestly think he's dead, because there's no way after 20 plus years that even in slavery he could live or be in this spot. So he just kind of throws out, I'm Joseph, is my, is my father alive? And they just sat there like, see what? I mean, how would you even know who Joseph is? And they kind of sit there maybe thinking, you know, someone's out to get us. They made a they find out what's going on. There could be a lot of things going on. Either way, um, they sit there in just absolute silence. Um, in, in verse 4, And Joseph said unto his brethren, Come near to me, I pray you. And they came near, and he said, unto, and he said I am Joseph your brother, whom ye sold into Egypt. Now therefore be not grieved, nor angry with yourselves, that ye sold me hither. For God did send me before you to preserve life. For these two years hath the famine been in the land, and yet there are five years in, in, in which there shall neither be earning nor harvest. And God sent me before you to preserve uh, you a posterity in the earth and to save your lives by a great deliverance. So now it was not you that sent me hither, but God. And he hath made me a father to Pharaoh and lord of all of his house and a ruler throughout all the land of Egypt. So the first few verses you see, uh, we, we kind of, I guess in this entire devotion, we get to see the fulfillment of the will of God. And so you see the beginning, the emotion. And anytime you're in the middle of God and you're doing things, there's going to be emotions. We talked about that. There's some fear. There's some good days, bad days. Uh, when you begin to see God fulfill all that we, that he, the vision he's put in your heart, man, there's an emotion behind it. When you get to see uh, lies change, you get to see your family change their growth, you get to see the fruit. Uh, it just does bring a level of emotion, and it should. And so he's overwhelmed with the emotion of all of the different things he's gone through for Jesus. And, or for, uh, for God and for the cause at this point. And so now he stands in front of them. He can't handle it anymore. But then 
we see secondly, which I think is intriguing, is we get to see um, the ultimate fulfillment. I've read several commentators, listened to different people as you study through this, and a lot of them will state this, and it's a little contrary. I've been stating myself that it, you know, that this um, God did not use the negative circumstances of his brothers kind of as a surprise to make Joseph get here. God had planned. This was God's plan to get Joseph here. How else could Joseph be in a level of authority? And I've read different commentators, had different preachers over the last uh, several weeks who would disagree with that. They would say that their opinion was that God's plan was not for Joseph to be in this and that um, his brothers did this. It was evil, but God could even use evil. God could even use bad for his glory. And I, and I completely agree with that. But this is the passage that's been referencing in my mind for the time. And he says unto here, uh, verse 5, Now therefore be not grieved, nor angry with yourselves that you sow me hither, for God to send me for you to preserve life. Um, verse 6, For these two years hath family been the land, and yet there are five in which there shall neither be earnest or harvey. And God sent me before you to preserve you a posterity in the earth and to save your life by great deliverance. Verse 7, and God sent me before you, um, sorry, verse 8, so now it was not you that sent me hither, but God. And God has made me a father of Pharaoh, and God has done great things. This entire plan was God's. From the dream here, God has been in control. Um, And we look at all of this, and you say, well, is it God's force to let the brothers do it? Here's the thing unique about we look at the sovereignty of God, and sometimes we use the term foreknowledge, and we look back at that foreknowledge means God's forcing things. It does not mean that God has forced anything. Please remember that foreknowledge simply means that God knows before or ahead of time what is going to happen. So he said, you know, whom he did foreknow, he also did predestinate. Who he knew would get saved, he predestined to a specific will. So we look at this and say, God forced the brothers to do it. No, God knew the brothers would do it. And so God worked with that plan. God knew, and God doesn't force us. He doesn't force us to do anything. He doesn't stop us from doing anything. He, he can convict us, but ultimately we make our own decisions. And so in this, in his foreknowledge, he knew what his brothers would do, and he used that for his glory. But we see ultimately that Joseph is now being able to see the other end, the full end. I mean, he's, he saw it when he stood before Pharaoh and realized, man, God was really in control. He's seen it for the last now, it would be nine years, seven years of plenty and two years of famine as, as he has been now nine years into this and he's been able to see God. He's been in authority for nine years, living a great life. He's married, he's got children. And uh, so he is, he is on the other end. He's in the blessing. Frankly, he's living one of the most luxurious lives you could live as second in command of the biggest and most wealthy nation in the world right now, kind of like second command here in America. Uh, it really is a luxurious life. And so he's at this point, he's beginning to see how God used even the craziness to make this happen. And you get to see the end of it. I'm glad that God allows us throughout our life when he puts us in unique scenarios to be able to see the end of it. It's not just one battle all the way through and then we get done, we see it. You know, God puts us in unique scenarios. He gives us the chance to pray. He answers the prayer and then he blesses with his answered prayer. And when we see all of this, God still allows us to see his work. He sees, we get to see the trials, we get to see the tribulation, we get to see the patience that developed, and then we get to see what all of it was for. Why does he do that? Because the next battle, the bigger battle, whatever it is that comes next, uh, it's, it's often the victories from the past that give us the strength to be able to overcome, to give us the ability to be able to move forward. And when I'm in the middle of my battle right now, when I'm in the middle of all the grief that I go through right now, uh, 
and say, Lord, what are you doing? I can look back over the last couple of times that he's answered prayer, that he's performed miracles, that he's worked through me. And I can look at those times and say, God is on the throne. He's still working. And yes, this seems to be a time of silence and it seems to be a time of frustration. It seems like I don't understand what he's doing or why he's doing it. I can look back at the fact that the last time he did this, his will was fulfilled and it was exciting to see. And so I can put my trust in him even more. And so to be able to see the end of this is exciting, but not only do we see the emotion as all of this, and then we see him being able to begin to actually visualize and see, not just kind of pretend to see, he can see, he's beginning to experience, I guess is the best word, God's will totally fulfilled. Now we see the actual, all the extras that come with God's will. Um, Verse nine, haste ye, tells his brother, quickly and go up to my father and say unto him, thus saith thy son Joseph, God hath made me Lord of all Egypt, and come, come down to me, tarry not. Think about this before we go on. Can you imagine what it must have been like for his brothers to say, wait a minute, you want us to tell your father what? <laughs> tell dad what? Tell him what we did. Oh man, what's been going through their minds at this point. Verse 10, and thou shalt dwell in the land of Goshen, and thou shalt be near to me, thou and thy children, and thy children's children, thy flocks, and thy herds, and all thou hast. And there will I nourish thee. For yet there are five years of famine, lest thou and thy household and all that come, that has come to poverty. Behold, your eyes see in your eyes, and the eyes of my brother Benjamin, that is, it is my mouth that speaketh unto you. And you shall tell my father, and of all my glory in Egypt, and of all that ye have seen, and ye shall haste, and ye shall haste and bring down my father hither. And he fell upon his brother Benjamin's neck and wept, and Benjamin wept upon his neck. Moreover, he kissed all his brothers. Brethren wept upon them, and after that, his brethren talked with him. So we get to see the full fruition. Okay, he brought me here. He's using me to save my home for God's chosen people. He put me in this unique spot for such a time as this. And yes, there were some rough times. And yes, it didn't always make sense. But boy, God's in control. And it's neat how he's going to ultimately make this work. Now that at the other end, listen, now I'm enjoying the great blessing. Tell dad to come. Just come live by me. Instead of you guys coming every few months and buying new corn and making the journey and kind of living scarcely down the land, there's nothing there for you. Come to Goshen. Come live by me and let me take care of you. Let me give you the plenty. Let me take care of my people. This ultimately, I'm not even worried about fear. I'm in control. Here's my point. This is God's plan. God's plan was to bring me here to take care of you. And yes, God used Egypt to take care of his people, a nation that ultimately would enslave Israel at some point. But God used Egypt to be able uh, to bless. And God can use the most un, unexpected of people and expected of circumstances to take care of his own people. In that case, we don't worry when things don't work the exact way we want because God's in control and he can use, again, the most unexpected of people. Think about it, Nehemiah. Nehemiah wants to go back and he wants to rebuild his, his homeland. Think about it, he's technically a captive. He's the cupbearer, which is not a bad job, not a bad gig, but he's a, he's a captive. And he wants to go back, and so he goes to his captor, to now his friend, his, his, the one who trusts him, and he wants to go. And he goes, oh, you know what, go, and I'm going to send wood with you. I'm going I'm to take care and make sure that all the wood's taken care of. And you see, all of this, God was in control of all of it. God's got a plan, and he can even use the most unlikely of circumstances. May we just continue to go forward. We're not all, you know, the, reap, the, the fruit of God's will are in shorter seasons than the reaping, than, than, than the sowing, right? The reaping and what we enjoy is, is shorter seasons than the sowing. We go through life and we sow and we do and we serve and then we get fruit. That's okay because all of it is in the center of God's will and all of it, God's got a plan. And so 
whether we're in the middle of sowing or reaping right now, may we stay close to God, enjoy it, and continue to see how God is working in our lives. Thank you for joining us on this Tuesday, and we're glad you've made a a point to be with us for a few minutes. Again, I'm sorry for missing yesterday, uh, but uh, we're glad to be together today, and we look forward to tomorrow and continuing in our study. Again, tomorrow night, if you'd like to be part of that small group that I'm running that is teaching you how to teach, disciple others, or you want to come and be part of our discipleship class yourself, Join us tomorrow night, 7 o'clock, in the office complex. Again, please, this is not an alternative to the wins to the auditorium class. Uh, this is a small group of people who are interested in actually learning and maybe even mentoring others through this. And uh, so if you're interested, we'll see you tomorrow night at 7 o'clock in the, in the office complex. Again, if you don't know where that is, walk in the main entrance, uh, the corner of the two buildings, and the ushers there will point out the direction to you. Thank you for joining us, and we hope you have a great rest of your day. We'll see you tomorrow.